It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold, post-Calver Gold, your trusted feeding partner for your dairy herd this spring. On C103. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. This week we hear about the recently released government blueprint to transform rural Ireland. We also get an insight into rural life in West Cork from a family that left the city eight years ago. We're talking milk quality issues in our Tagusk advisory this week. The topic includes chlorine-free detergents, milk recording and what else but the weather. Deadlines are looming for TAMS, BPS and the organic farming schemes. Winter croppings are starting to pick up. We hear how they're doing. And John O'Connor has more on the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. Further flexibilities and online availability of farm safety training have been announced in connection with TAMS, the Targeted Agricultural Modernisation Scheme. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, has confirmed further flexibilities for the TAM scheme in response to the COVID-19 issues. These flexibilities are being brought in to make it easier for farmers and their agents to continue to take part in this important scheme where difficulties arise from the current public health restrictions which are in place. Minister McConnell said it's essential that farming would continue at this time while being mindful of the public health measures and it's also important to be able to continue the TAM scheme during this time. He brought in some flexibilities through the scheme arrangements to reflect the fact that certain practices are not possible at this time and alternative arrangements are required. The flexibilities included are flexibility on TAM's completion deadlines All participants with TAMS 2 approvals or COVID-19 extensions expiring between 1st of April and June 30th, 2021, can apply to the local office for an additional three-month extension. And Minister of State with Responsibility for Farm Safety, Martin Hayden TD, also announced the new measures being brought in to facilitate recommencement and submission of Farm Safety Code Practice, COP, training certificates, all part of the TAMS 2 payment claims. Minister Hayden pointed out the requirement to submit a Farm Safety COP training certificate as part of the TAMS 2 payment claim process was temporarily suspended in 2020 as it had not been possible to safely hold in-person training courses. 
with the public health restrictions associated with COVID-19 lasting longer than expected and the need for farm safety training as important as ever, a revised method of providing the COP farm safety training has now been developed. In relation to this development, the following measures are being brought in to facilitate recommencement and submission of farm safety COP training certs as part of the TAMS2 payment claims. The requirement to submit a farm safety COP training cert as part of the TAMS2 payment claim will be mandatory from 26th of April 2021 onwards. Applicants who do not hold a valid training certificate completed in the last five years will have to attend an online farm safety COP training course. All farm safety training courses completed after February 28th 2021 must be completed online to be acceptable. Course providers have completed a refresher course and are ready to deliver the course online. And finally, a review of procedures will be completed in June 2021, taking into consideration the public health restrictions in place at that time. Mr Hayden also confirmed the approval of funding for the highest 70% of applications for Tranche 20. He added that the current tranche 21 of TAMS is open for a seat of applications and will close on 16th of April 2021, with the next tranche opening on 17th of April 2021. Further tranches in 2021 will open on 23rd of July 2021 and 5th of November 2021. Further information on TAMS 2 and these details available from the department's website. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Philip O'Connor, Head of Farm Support at IFAC, joins us for an update on a number of schemes which are open for applications and deadlines are looming. These include BPS, the Organic Farm Scheme and TAMS. So there's a number of different deadlines and a number of different schemes that are due up at the moment. So I suppose the first one that's coming up is those that wish to apply for TAMS, which is the capital infrastructure. There's grants for that. And that scheme is the current tranche, so they, they open in kind of little blocks. So the current block is closing on the 16th of April, and then the following block will open on the 17th of April. But if you want to get in this tranche, you need to have your TAMS application in by the 16th of April. That scheme in its entirety will be ceasing at the end of this year. So there's, there's three more blocks between now and the end of the year on that one. So that's the TAMS one coming up on the 16th of April. The second one that's coming up and hasn't been open for a little while is the organic scheme has been opened up again. So people can apply to to get organic status and that scheme is open up until the 30th of April. So on how that scheme works is you, you apply to the scheme and you, you need an organics advisor. There's, you can contact local targets or there's local specialists and you put together an application. It gets sent in before the 30th of April. And then the department have like a ranking scale about whether you're, how suitable you are and whether you'll get on the scheme. And you're either accepted on the scheme or you're not. But the deadline for that one is the 30th of April. And organics is not something you just jump into. So like you'd want to be thinking about it now, if you know what I mean, and getting your, getting your things ready for it. And then I suppose the next one then is, well, the big one that, we, that every farmer applies to in the entire country, which is the BPS, which is the 17th of May. That's really important to make sure that all your land is correct, what land you're farming, and make sure that application is correct and 
make sure that you have an advisor. I'd always highly recommend that you get an ag advisor, whether that's Tagus or an independent, to do that application to make sure it's correct. Like, it's important money for a farmer, if you know what I mean. It's key to the viability of a lot of farms that that payment's come through. Are there difficulties with filling out these forms? And most of it now, Philip, is online, isn't it? They're all online, really, these days. And in theory, you could do these yourself, right? But in practical terms, I would always recommend that you get an advisor because they're familiar with it, they know what they're doing, it's, it's no different than doing your tax return. Technically, you can do your own one, but there's a reason why there's, there's accountants that do tax returns because they're familiar with the schemes, they're familiar with how it works. And it's the same with, with these schemes. I would always highly recommend getting a good ag advisor to, to, to steer you through and to make sure that you, you're, you're aware of all, all the, the criteria of applying for any of these schemes. Philip O'Connor, Head of Farm Support at IFEC. The 2021 Glass Traditional Farm Buildings Grant Scheme application system, which also involves an online process, will close next Monday. The scheme funds the conservation and preservation of traditional farm buildings and structures of significant heritage value, which are conserved for agricultural use. Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellogue, secured one and a quarter million euro in the budget for the scheme. The earliest structure supported on this scheme so far dates from the early 15th century, still standing, still functional. Heritage Council manages the scheme on behalf of the department and it's open to applicants who participate in the Green Low Carbon Agri-Environment Scheme, or GLOSS. Closing date for applications online then is Easter Monday next, April 5th at 5 o'clock. And the terms and conditions are available at heritagecouncil.ie. ICSA Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association National President Mr Dermot Kelleher said it's now incontestable that the Office of the Food Ombudsman needs to be ramped up with additional legislation to create an effective regulator for the beef chain. And he went on to assert that recent claims by Meeting of the Ireland MII that farmers received 80% of revenue generated from Irish beef sales based on slides shown to the last beef task force by Grant Thornton had only served to increase farmer anger about fairness in the food chain. Mr Keller further contended the report by Grant Thornton was hampered by an apparent lack of full cooperation from some players in the food chain. He said it seems there's nothing which can be done to overcome this as the consultants simply have no power to compel retailers or processors to cooperate. He said the ICSA had been in receipt of a letter from Aldi which said they had been fully cooperative. However, he said it's now clear that not all players in the food chain are forthcoming with worthwhile information and we need a full explanation from Grant Thornton on where the lack of cooperation is emanating from. Hiding behind commercial sensitivity was a cop-out, Mr Kellar said. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Welcome back. A reminder now of an impending deadline as food business owners across South and West Cork are being encouraged to sign up to CCAT Partnership, CLG's newly announced and free sustainable food programme, which is getting underway soon. The programme has been developed with small, medium and artisan food producers in mind and aims to educate and empower businesses in various areas where they may be experiencing challenges around sustainability. It will run from April to November next with a break across July and August. The closing date is Monday next, the 5th of April, for participants who satisfy the qualifying criteria. Places are limited and business owners are encouraged to log on to ccad.ie forward slash food to register.
The government has released a blueprint to transform rural Ireland, citing unprecedented opportunities post-COVID-19. John O'Connor joins me to discuss the report. But first, John, an overview of its objectives as published. It has a five-objectives strategy to be implemented over a five-year period, being underpinned by an updated national development plan, providing an unprecedented opportunity for rural development post-COVID-19, with a major focus on attracting remote workers to rural communities. Town centres will be revitalised with rural jobs, adventure tourism, green economy and island development being central to new policy. A broadband rollout will bring new opportunities to areas like e-health, remote learning, online trading and new technologies. And how much will this cost? Well, the published details of expenditure for the Rural Future Blueprint refers to only two figures, as far as I can detect, after a thorough search of the document. And those figures are the provision of €72 million Euro in 2021 for high-quality cycling and walking infrastructure for the country's more rural towns and villages. And a second reference to funding is €70 million Euro projected transitional leader money in the 2021 to 2022 time frame. And when the rural programme is implemented, what should the new rural Ireland look like? Well, more people will be living in rural Ireland, including towns, villages and on the islands. There will be more people working in rural Ireland with good career prospects, regardless of where their employers headquartered. The rural parts of the country will be contributing to and benefiting from the transition to a low-carbon economy and climate-neutral society. Rural towns will be vibrant hubs for commercial and social activity. Younger people will have an active role in shaping the future of rural Ireland. The government's very enthusiastic about the blueprint as the statements made at the launch on Tuesday, March 30th, testified. On Taoiseach, Michal Martin predicted Ireland was heading into an era of unprecedented change and with that would come unprecedented opportunities. Minister for Rural and Community Development Heather Humphreys said the Rural Future Blueprint represented a new milestone in the approach to rural development for Ireland. While Antoine of Faradkar promised broadband and new technologies would be key to implementing our rural future set out in the blueprint. Minister for the Environment, Climate and Communications, Eamon Ryan, predicted that the National Broadband Plan would act as a key enabler for the strategy. And John, how have our farming and rural organisations greeted the Rural Development Blueprint? Mark Willifer and National President Thomas Duffy has welcomed the document, but warned that the excuse of poor broadband speed and other distractions are less likely to be tolerated by younger people living in rural Ireland. IFA President Tim Conlon said the report raises valid aspirations, but it also contains initiatives which are reheated. Roads, transport, banking and particularly broadband require upgrading to be fit for purpose. ICMSA President Pat McCormack asserted that the lack of focus given to farming makes the Rural Development Plan, quote, fundamentally deficient. And the Rural Future Blueprint is available to our listeners online, I understand. That's correct. On the Department of Rural and Community Development website, listeners who take the opportunity to read and study the Blueprint on the Department of Rural and Community Development website will be hugely inspired by the sentiments expressed, it's hoped. Thanks for that, John. 
Caroline O'Donnell moved from the city to Ballydehab eight years ago and she's still there. C103 senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran caught up with her in West Cork this week to find out how it all worked out. You and Joe decided to move from the city to Ballydehab about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Can you just tell me a little bit about why you decided to move and what it was like moving? <laughs> Um, So, yeah, we moved uh, eight years ago last week because both of us came from um, like rural communities. uh, Like I come from West Kerry, a place called Amaskol, and Joe is from McCroom, uh, just outside McCroom. And I think both of us sort of knew without really saying it too much that we always did want to go back um, to living in the countryside, Mm. particularly near the sea. Um, you know, we would have been kind of going there at the weekends and everything like that. And we'd both been in the cities, different cities um, in Ireland and abroad for, for a long time. And I suppose we were also at the age where, yeah, we were thinking about if we were to have a family that, you know, we would both be uh, more inclined to, to, to raise kids in the countryside. Um, so Joe had a family connection to West Cork. Uh, mm-hmm. So we came down here and then it just uh, took over. Uh, we fell into helping out a family business and... Um, uh, we loved Ballydehob from the outset and we hadn't spent much, spent much time here before we moved down. And very quickly, we got very busy with what we were doing here with the business and with the house that we moved into, like just getting a polytunnel. We got uh, two pigs. Uh, we did, uh, we got chickens. Uh, we did the whole shebang, like, uh, you know, the good life <laughs> series. We stopped short at uh, wearing dungarees around the place. But yeah, no, we... We went in and we loved it. Like there, there was never a time I remember um, us being like, oh God, I'd love a mad night out now in the city or whatever. Because I suppose we were still doing that in that we didn't have kids at the time. And if we did want to go to something, we'd head up to Cork or whatever. But for the most part, we were just busy down here. There was always something going on. It's a really active, uh, creative community. And uh, our life very much revolved around the family business, the pub. And then as the live music venue took off and grew, you know, we were we were stuck in that a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, we were just, I suppose, ready for it. And it was a great place to move, a great uh, lifestyle. I suppose there was a period of time where we were living kind I live in two places and that we were both still commuting up to the city and that was a struggle the hour and a half up and down um you know each way that that was hard to do that and you'd be you know exhausted from it and but then and the other then pressure of I suppose trying to make a living and build up a business down here um you know it's 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 probably the hardest thing about living down or sorry not the hardest thing but it's the challenge you have to take on board it's not as straightforward uh down here you know um with broadband isn't great Mm. in all areas it's it's very hit or miss so um hopefully that will improve and and people will have that option then to work from home is it easy to just get up and go i suppose it's very much depends on where you're at um yourself with your life as well Mm. like you know i think back if i had moved when i was in my 20s would i have been a bit uh, bored yeah. um, you know I mightn't have been I might have been more interested in going out 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 as yeah. they say <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know 
know, like, you know, you're not really going to nightclubs down here so much. I think there is one in Skibbereen, or there was, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, if, if that was more your thing, and then I suppose it does depend on where you're moving to in the countryside. Mm. Like, not all towns, villages are the same. We've been very fortunate, like, with Ballydahab and West Cork in general. Like, there, there's always something going on. Like, there's, there's three great music venues. There's, there's like, um, there's galleries. There's, there's loads of kind of um, events and festivals. Then there is the aspect of, of the broadband. You need, you need to make sure, you know, if, if that's what your job requires and so on. You're here eight years now. Yeah. Do you have any regrets about the move? Um, no, not at all. Like, as in, I, yeah, I feel like, I, I feel like we sort of came home when we moved down here. It was right for us at the time. And like, I don't know if we'll stay here for forever. I think of anything the last year has shown you is that things change <laughs> and the world flips around. But uh, we're raising our kids here and we love the, the communities that we live in. Um, in Lachine and where we work, which is in Ballydahab, and you know, really great people um, to be around, and and so much going on, and and everything. We're we're very happy, and then it's just so gorgeous down here. Like it's the we live right next to Roaring Water Bay, and it's just stunning. Like the kayaking, the swimming, everything. Uh, like the only problem is that uh, generally when it's nice weather, you're working really hard. <laughs> so you're missing it out and you're just watching all the tourists and visitors enjoying it. Um, but no, it's great. No regrets about coming down at all. And do you know the way with the city, you'd have a lot more facilities at your disposal. Yeah. Is that an issue here or do you just get used to life without those kind of yeah for me i don't feel any um lack of facilities like there's nothing sufficient with your pigs and your well everyone is and and like that's like that's a great way to um you know you think about your food a lot more down here like we have some of the nicest food like it's so well produced we're right next door to a michelin restaurant uh you know like it, it doesn't really get much better than that and um but you're growing your own food you're thinking about where it comes like that's bringing such a quality to your to your life as well. Caroline O'Donnell in Ballady Hub, a great advocate of rural life, speaking to C103's senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran. Farm Talk on C103. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Next on Farm Talk, Tagusk Dairy Advisor Don Crowley, milk quality specialist, joins us this week. Our topic includes the use of chlorine-free detergent, which are fully in use since the beginning of the year, as well as late carvers, an issue that can arise and how farmers can prevent problems in these cows. Today we're discussing milk recording at this time and what farmers should be watching out for but first, the weather, which has been very variable and issues that might arise going forward. Yeah, right, Barry. We've had a very tricky February, very wet, and then a very good March. KFL is a great start. I suppose with what's coming, we're on a very good couple of days now at the moment, but it's to go very cold and hard now, cold nights. And cows have been very active bulling-wise, and you know, they're, you know, their heats are very strong. They're coming into that time four, five, six weeks post-calving, and they're sweating and stuff, so... What can happen with the cold nights and sweating and getting wet like that, they can develop a strepuberous type mastitis, which generally will hit your lower cell count, free milking, good yielding cows. So just be very careful. Keep a very close eye to cows now the next couple of weeks. Jimmy, what they'll pick up is this environmental type mastitis. And you'd often notice they'd come in differently. They'd be at last to come in. They'd be a bit lethargic. And if you miss 12 hours, you can have a very sick cow. So a few little bits and pieces to watch would be, look, cubicles just don't take your eye off the ball with cubicles just keep them limed ideally lock them off them if they're out day and night avoid access to the cubicles but if they have to have access to them keep up the liming with them really what you need to do is these problem cause then if they do pick up any infection just stop them creating any trouble to anyone else and we generally would recommend very good post teeth spraying wearing your gloves but the big thing is disinfecting the clusters before you put them onto another coat to stop cross-contamination take a milk sample from those problem cows freeze it put the cow number and the dateness and you can take that for further analysis then on a culture and sensitivity just make sure there's very good quantities of teeth dip now going on teeth will get chapped and sore with the with the country with the variations in weather from the wet to dry so good application 15 mils per cow per milking and just a small little thing then, just if you haven't the liners changed, prioritise it. It's a big thing. It's the only part of the milking machine coming in contact with the cow. So, look, we need that now. In terms of milk recording then, Don, what should farmers be doing at this stage? And in particular, I suppose, watching out far. Yeah, I suppose, Danny, we're at a point, though, with the milk recording. I suppose about 48, 49% of the herds in the country are milk recording, representing about 50, 55% of the cows. And with selective dry cow coming down the tracks, uh, and mandatory within uh, legal requirements in 2022, we need to be milk recording. Ideally, you try and get your first milk recording within 60 days of the first cow calving. So we're a little bit over that for some people, so they need to prioritize the milk recording. Why do we look for that? Because the milk recording can analyze how did your dry cow work for you? What was the cure rate? How did the antibiotic work for you? The cure rate over the dry period? How was the new infection rate over the dry period? How clean was I at applying the drying off? 
So it's analyzing that fee as well. And it's also analyzing how well did your in-calf heifers calf down at. They are the future of your herd. They're the future genetics and they're the engine room that is going to drive all your business. And just to see how did you go with your heifers. It's looking backwards to look forwards. That's what it's allowing you to do. Analyze what you've done over the last three to four months. But if cows are calved greater than 60 days before my first milk recording, they won't be in that calculation. And at the rate people have their cows in the spring, by the 10th, 15th of April, a lot of the heifers and cows will be out of that calculation. So they need to prioritize it as, as fast as possible. The other thing is, look, from a practical point of view, they're going to see what cows are high. There's still calves that are available to be fed. So those high cell count cows can be fed to calves and you can manage your bull tank. More importantly, when you know those high cows, you can stop them spreading it to other cows within your herd. So you could prioritize them for cluster dipping or you could milk them last. But you can do preventative work to help settle the thing down for the year. And especially when the milk price is looking so positive for the coming season, you need to set your business up that you can take advantage as the season goes forward. And, and cell count and mastitis, what you do now will really stand to going forward. Because a lot of the time with mastitis, you're paying for the sins of the past. So when we look back in June and July, you're seeing what, you're paying for what shortcuts I took in, 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 um, in the spring. But our number one, milk card, and number two, do it as quick as possible. And then use the records to look back to see how did you get on. Tagusk Dairy Advisor Don Crowley, milk quality specialist. And we'll have more from Don on our topic in next Wednesday night's programme. The closing date for the 2021 nitrates derogation application is now extended to April 14th. Farmers who applied for a derogation in 2020 are also reminded they must submit fertiliser accounts for 2020 by April 14th also. Applications can be submitted online to the department's online portal agfood.ie. Farmers are advised to contact their advisor to determine if they should avail of the facility. The nitrates derogation is contingent on meeting water quality standards and these measures are designed to protect water quality. Cork County Council is launching a spray-safe pesticide awareness campaign to engage with occasional users of pesticides such as householders, gardeners and small-scale farmers. The most common type of pesticides in use are weed or bug killers which come in many different forms, mixtures and packaging. People are being asked if they really need to use a pesticide and if they could consider different alternatives. The campaign will offer useful tips on safe use, storage and disposal of pesticides and on best practice. Details of the Spray Safe campaign can be found on Cork County Council's Environment Facebook page at Cork Coco Enviro. Dairy Gold Tillage and Beef Business Manager Liam Leahy joins us to discuss how crops are doing at this time. We're discussing rotational crops, spring plantings and first winter croppings which are starting to pick up. What stage they're at and how they're doing. The winter croppings are really starting to build up ahead of steam at this stage. They're doing quite well. Uh, I suppose maybe just to talk about them individually. Uh, the earlier sown winter barley is powering on big time up at growth stage 32, a lot of it. Um, very advanced, has taken on its, more or less, its full lot of nitrogen at this stage, or very close to it. Uh, the later some winter barley has struggled a bit, to be honest about it. Found it hard to get going in the spring, but has now started to motor on as well. I do think they're a little thinner, but that's, uh, I suppose, they're after a dreadful winter, one of the wettest winters we've had in a long time. But yet they're picking up now. Winter wheat is a pitcher, 
uh, has done very well. Not a big extra of it down south, no mind, but what is down is looking very well. Particularly when to quit after beans, I would say, or after even I'd see it ray a break crop that's really showing its its hands. But particularly after beans, I think. Oats with very little of it. And I suppose, look, we have an acreage of winter iceed rape, which is starting to flower beautifully at this stage. And uh, beans, the winter beans, we have, I suppose, a re- that's a new crop in the area. And uh, that's, they, they look really handsome at this stage as well. So, look, things are, things are looking pretty good, yeah. And the spring plantings, then, how are they looking? And is there much in the ground at the moment, Liam? Spring plantings, we've had... You know, a very timely, I suppose, I dare say, a shade early spring. And uh, there's been an awful lot of work done in quite good conditions. Maybe a little bit challenging for the earlier plantings, but just the same. While they were challenging earlier on, the fact that the ground has remained dry since will, you know, more often than not mean that everything is fine. I'd say at this stage we're probably 60-65% planted down south, maybe to a lesser degree in Midcork, maybe back at 50 45, 50 but that would be normal. That would be the normal course of events. Uh, big acres of spring barley, uh, and smaller acres of spring wheat going in, and uh, beans again. Obviously, most of the beans are planted out at this stage. They got a great early opportunity, and a lot of them are breaking through at this stage. So, look, I suppose how much are we in? I suppose look, we have sixty percent in across the board where, where you take all crops in concern. And just in relation to rotational crops, are we seeing anything different in the ground at this time around, Liam? There's probably a bit more spring oats there than normal, but that's probably as a result of a poor winter, wetter winter, rather than people deciding to go for spring oats. Uh, beans uh, is probably the anchor rotation crop in, in Cork. Um, there's a big acreage of beans coming in again. Some leads this year with uh, winter beans, which is, you know, in an effort to bring them in at an earlier harvest, and they look they do look very promising. Also, they have been... I suppose many more methods of establishment now being deployed, um, even ploughing in. But one method that's proving to be gaining popularity every year is direct planting into uncultivated ground. And I must say, as as those crops come through at the moment, they really look promising. So beans is the big crop. There is no new break crops around at the moment. You know, I think the efforts are to perfect bean production. There's a good, strong price there for them. Uh, they're going to commit themselves to price, and the industry will buy now, I have no doubt, to a good, strong price. But also, the government are, are supporting the crop with a protein payment uh, that's to enhance the growing or to encourage the growing of more protein. And that's also encouraging people to take on the crop because, it's, in many ways, it safeguards the bottom line. Dairy Gold Tillage and Beef Business Manager Liam Leahy. Environmental conservation is the key focus of this year's AgriAware Farm Walk and Talk 2021 notes and video series in conjunction with Chagas and Kildalton Agricultural College. The series is also supported by IASTA, the Irish Agricultural Science Teachers Association and AgriAware patrons. The free educational notes and 12-part video series which features expert Chagas staff filmed in Kildalton Agricultural College in Kenny, will act as an invaluable resource to leaving Certificate Agricultural Science students and teachers who have had limited class time in the last year due to COVID-19 restrictions. Theme of the virtual series is in line with the current Leaving Cert Agricultural Science project topic, namely supporting conservation of the environment through Irish agricultural practices and features in-depth talks and demonstrations from expert Chagas staff based at Kildalton Agricultural College, P.
Piltdown Cutical Kenny. The talks will cover a range of curriculum linked topics from grassland management to antimicrobial resistance AMR, as well as providing a real-life insight into the practicalities of modern Irish farming. The notes also cover the benefits of conservation and how Irish farmers are now working towards enhancing conservation on their own farms. Over 460 agricultural science teachers and 17,000 agricultural science students nationwide have already signed up to receive the free video resources, which also include free notes which align with the new curriculum and focus on themes such as conservation and sustainability. Further information is required from the AgriAware website. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. After consultation with their members, the board of the Irish Shows Association Limited says it has no choice at this time but to advise members not to run shows in 2021 until such time as the appropriate authorities deem it safe to do so. The Irish Shows Association, ISA, point out they are the representative body for the agricultural shows across Ireland. Their primary function, they point out, is to support members' shows and to advocate on their behalf. But they were not empowered to make a decision to cancel all shows or otherwise. In the Republic of Ireland, ISA point out, currently under Level 5 restrictions, this would not be viable for most of the ISA member shows. The regulations, they point out, are different in the North, but the dates for reopening are still somewhat unclear. The ISA say they'll continue to liaise closely with the relevant authorities on both sides of the border and advise their members' shows accordingly. And that's a part of a statement there from Miss Catherine Cotter, Irish Shows Association National Public Relations Officer. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Families are being encouraged to include a serving of spring lamb in their Easter menu. ICSA Sheep Chair Sean McNamara says we're lucky to have a plentiful supply of top quality locally produced lamb in the country. And sheep farmers have been working day and night to ensure that families can sit down and savour the very best of what Irish farming has to offer for the Easter holiday. With lamb, you know what you're getting. 100% natural, sustainably produced, world-class fare. ICSA is encouraging people to show appreciation for the dedication of Irish producers throughout the COVID crisis simply by buying local produce. Check out the Boardbia website for recipes on a huge range of mouth-watering lamb dishes. Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine has issued a status yellow forest fire warning nationwide until September 1st, the traditional fire outbreak season in Ireland. With warmer and drier spring weather, dead grasses, gorse and heather become much more flammable and fires can spread quickly from open land to forests. Quilta says Easter can be a peak time for forest fires as people venture out to visit woodlands over the holiday. There's been a tripling of visitors to some of Quilta's most popular forests since lockdown began. Quilta's urging the public not to light outdoor fires with Easter, potentially a high-risk time for forest fire outbreaks. A phased and limited resumption of point-to-points will begin on April 10th. Four fixtures with races for four- and five-year-olds only have been confirmed under strict protocols, with only essential staff in attendance on race courses authorised by Horse Racing Ireland. The first fixture takes place at Cork Racecourse Mallow 
on the 10th of April. There was some good news for Photo Wildlife Park in the announcement by the government that some of the Level 5 COVID restrictions are being eased. Director of Photo Wildlife Park, Sean McKeown, had called for clarity on reopening dates for visitor attractions. Sean McKeown said the park's in danger unless they open the gates again to paying customers. Photo Wildlife Park depends on the income generated from ticket sales and they need the funds during the busy summer season to keep afloat. Thousands of euro have been raised by the public, but a wildlife park like Photo needs continuous income streams and being open is key to generating revenue. Speaking to C103's senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran, Sean McKeown says the outdoor park can operate safely within all the public health guidelines being issued. We've had different initiatives by just the public on their own. We had uh, GoFundMe. Uh, we have a few groups, or a few people who are doing that, and they're they're raising significant funds, like in the thousands. Um, we have other individuals who are buying memberships, donating money directly. Uh, to the park, uh, and then we have a third group would would be people who would sponsor animals. That that's been been very popular throughout this year. So we've seen that grow in the last in, compar- in comparison to the same period last year. We're probably five six hundred percent up in, in animal sponsorships. It's great to see that interest and that support for the park. But in reality, we, we just want to be open. We, we are very happy and very certain that we can be opened in a, in a, in a secure and safe way. We, we have funds that will get us through to June, July, uh, you know, maybe to be the beginning of July. But the big fear is us, with us is that we don't, we, if we're not open um, during the months of June and particularly July and August, that's our main income period. So that, that sees us through the winter period. Um, so, uh, you know, by September, October, we are facing, seri- you know, if we're not open, we're facing very serious financial issues. If we just want to get back into operation to begin with, we feel that we can, you know, we can open and manage the park in a safe manner. We may need funding towards later part of the year, government funding, like as like occurred last year, perhaps a little bit more. We're obviously three months in lockdown. So just to compare with last year, 2020, this year so far we've had... 3,170 visitors in. They come in during the period of 1st of January to the 7th, 8th of January. If we look at the last year, during the period 1st of January to now, uh, we had uh, 42,000 people in. So it's less less than 7 or 8% of the income that we had last year. And if you go into the Easter period, uh, which we weren't open last year, but in 2019, I mean, we had seven and 8,000 visitors a day some days so it, you know that's missing that out is, an, is another chunk on so going forward it's very very difficult for us to foresee without being open how, how we're going to get through the winter period Director of Photo Wildlife Park Sean McKeown and the park set to reopen later this month Time now to hear from Makra in Cork joining us this week James Cassidy Chair of Ballancolig Makra and Rural Youth Officer with the Shandoon Region At the moment with our clubs we just competed in the radio drama competition it was a challenge trying to get it all together and a special word of thanks to our club member Mairead who did massive work um, compiling all the pieces together Also recently in the club we um, hosted an event called I'm a Makra member Get Me Out of Here which is where we set tasks every week to be completed by members. We had clubs from all over the country involved, with great feedback received from everyone. I'd like to thank uh, Christine for the massive work that she uh, 
put into it, organise it and keeping track of everything. The Shandun region held a murder mystery night on Zoom last Saturday. We had a brilliant night and had spectators from all over the country at it. We figured out who the murderer was with little or no help from two rambunctious yahoos, Max Output and Bruce Bugatti. They were a handful on the night. But saying that, the night went off great and um, a shout out to Selena for organising the night. Selena was also involved in organising um, a coach to 5k within the region. There's close to 30 people taking part and there's currently in week 7. A big boola bust to everyone taking part in that. There's people from all over the country involved in that as well. I think we have people from Mayo and Kerry and I'm not sure where else, but they're kind of from all over. I think there's Kildare as well. It's all been done remotely, of course, with the support. With There's a support WhatsApp group, for, which is great for everyone to keep track of what's going on. I suppose just kind of moving away from the the, the club side of things. Um, with calving slowing down on farms at the moment and longer, hopefully brighter evenings ahead, I hope people are all in good spirits and looking forward to better times to come. And to our sheep and tillage men who are um, kind of in the thick of it now at the moment getting things done, I wish you all the best and a happy, healthy time ahead for you as well. If anyone would like any more information on what's happening in the region or clubs in the region, don't hesitate to contact one of the clubs or even the Shandun um, social medias on uh, Facebook or Instagram. The PROs there will be very happy to help anyone. Finally, I'd like to wish all the candidates the very best of luck uh, in the upcoming MACRA elections. Thanks very much. James Cassidy, Chair of Balancholic MACRA and Rural Youth Officer with the Shandun region. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, TD, has hosted a virtual meeting of the Dairy Forum on Wednesday 31st of March 2021. The Dairy Forum brings all key stakeholders in the sector together to discuss the strategic development of the dairy sector. Minister McConnell acknowledged the resilience of the dairy sector, which showed in 2020 an increasing volume of exports in such challenging circumstances. He said not alone had the Irish dairy sector ensured that all milk supplied had been processed by dairy processors during the pandemic without interruption, but had also found a market for our dairy products in a challenged global marketplace in 2020. This, he said, was a significant development. He commended the dairy industry, from suppliers to advisors and processors, for working cooperatively to achieve this. It was an achievement they could be proud of. The forum received an update on international markets from Ornua and discussed developments on Brexit. The meeting on the forum had a specific focus on two issues, dairy calves and environmental sustainability. The minister stressed that further efforts to improve the beef quality of calves from the dairy herd were needed as a long-term sustainable goal. He also stressed the need to ensure that the highest standards of animal welfare would always be maintained on all farms and during transport. Addressing the issue of environmental sustainability of the Irish dairy sector, the Minister reminded participants that, quote, the focus of our dairy sector in the coming years needs to be on ensuring that production is managed in an environmentally sustainable manner. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Before we finish this week, some very good detective work as Gardaí reunited a vintage tractor stolen in Skull and which turned up in Carrick and Shannon County Leitrim, some 400 kilometres away. Well done to all involved there. Thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. 
I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thanks for listening and have a very happy Easter. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Calf Milk Replacer. Offering a wide range of calf milk replacers to suit your calf's needs. On C103. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.